You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. So I think a big part of improving your swing or improving your golf game that doesn't get talked about enough, but we, we get questions on it quite a lot, not necessarily direct questions, but they all boil down to this question. It's on managing expectations or setting realistic expectations for yourself when you're going about making a swing change, right? And obviously anchored in where you're starting from to begin with, you know, a tour player is going to start at a different place than a 18 handicap, what their expectations should be. But anchoring your expectations in reality, and it's actually one of the three criteria we have for our elite program is you got to have realistic expectations. Anchoring your expectations in reality are by large going to determine how successful you are or will be in whether you're trying to change your swing or lower your scores. Yeah, I mean, we see this all the time in golf schools. You know, someone comes to a golf school and let's say they're whatever, they're eight handicap, ten mm-hmm. handicap. So they're they're decent. Mm-hmm. But their goal is to be scratch, which is that's a normal goal for an eight to ten handicapper, I would say. Sure. It's the next hurdle. So they come to the school, you know, let's say they're they're aiming left and hitting kind of a pull, like a cut, leaving the face open. And, you know, we, we get them on gears that first day at the golf schools and we show them kind of what they're doing wrong. They're overbending their trail arm and then they're you know, their swing is very steep and they cut across it. But they're in a handicap. They've they've had some success like that. They've shot in the seventies, which is pretty good feat for any golfer, really. Yeah. But they want to get better. So it's like, well, we think the path to get better is you need to start getting the swing a little more on plane. So you ball's not curving as much. You can get a little more distance, start hitting the ball a little more solid. And we might get them on the range the next day and they're not hitting the ball right on the button because you're making a swing change swing change and they, they're getting frustrated right and right. The, the frustration is the thing that keeps them from getting better because as soon as they get frustrated they try to want to bail on it and, and i was telling them hey man the goal of this golf school is to get better it's not to hit the ball perfect every time you put a ball down you're, you're going to have a phase where you're making a swing change where you actually might hit it worse and nobody wants to hear that and i've heard teachers say oh that's not true listen Depending on how big the swing change is, you're going to go through a period where you could hit it worse because I've done it. I've taken my swing and made a massive change to where it was. And there was a period where I didn't hit it all that good, but I knew I was on the right track. I trusted what I was doing because I knew it was correct. And eventually you dig your way out of that hole, but you got to get through that phase. And just because you're hitting bad shots on the range when you're making a swing change doesn't mean you're not move, your movements are incorrect. You just haven't found the club face yet. You, you haven't trained the, the release part to get the club face on the ball because the clubs and the body's in a totally different spot. So that was kind of a long-winded deal, but you take well, it Well, you, yeah, you covered on you, you touched on a number of things that are important. So I think the first thing is at, 
at a certain skill level. So if you're a new golfer or, or just not a very skilled golfer, you just don't play much or you haven't spent much time, you're probably going to be in that high teens, maybe even to the 20s handicap. That's a fun place to be because your good shots, and I put quotations around your good shots, are going to get way better as you improve. When you're into that single digits and as you, you start to creep into those 70s and you want to get down there around par, your good shots are already good, right? Everybody hits good shots. Yep. Now it's about improving your bad shots. And and really the difference between, let's say, a 10 handicap and a guy who shoots par is usually only about three to four swings around or three to four holes around, if that many. It's those big numbers. It's eliminating the foul ball. It's corralling those misses. Um, because you already have, you know, in a lot of cases, the skills to already hit good shots. Now it's minimizing the bad shots. So that that's number one. So you you got to come into the, the equation depending on where you are with, okay, what's my goal here? Is it to hit more inside of three feet, which is not going to happen? Or if it's to not have those two out-of-bound balls, that's certainly doable. right? So you, you, you start with that that baseline. And then the other overriding thing is when you're making a swing change, and you're just trying it, like you're even whether it's in a lesson or out of school or your first day home after, after either of those, and you stand up on your par four and you, you try to do everything that you were working on in, in the school or the lesson, and you hit a terrible shot. You could top it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you top it. You just miss it on the face or whatever. That's zero indication that you did the swing incorrectly or made a bad swing. Just the same way as if you stripe one, that's neither an indication of you did it correctly or you've got it. <laughs> I've seen some of the – that thing, a ball doesn't lie. Listen, right. it does because I've seen some of the worst swings hit balls on a string straight. I've seen terrible golfers by any definition hit hole-in-ones. But let me tell you, the, the discrepancy between their good and bad shots big, big is discrepancy. massive. Yeah. So you might say, oh, I do hit good shots. I'm just going to swing my swing. That, that's fine, but you're going to reach a plateau and you're never going to get better. I tell people that all the time. <laughs> One comment we get, we get this on Instagram quite a lot, is, well, so-and-so, or I'm a scratch golfer. I, I don't come over the top. Like, we've seen scratch golfers have very sketchy golf swings. A scratch golfer doesn't mean you have a great golf swing. It means not It means all. you can score around scratch 20% of the time. That's all that means. Doesn't mean you have a swing to emulate, or you can't improve. I mean, I played a lot of golf. I started playing golf when I was five, and uh, there was this one guy at the country club that everybody looked up to, Big Jack. And Big Jack was like five five, which Putting is Big really, Jack which on is blast. Really funny. Actually, I love Big Jack still. And uh, he uh, he was like the only plus handicap at the club. He was the big man, yeah. BMOC, and big man on campus. He just Kind of got up there and kind of made like a steep choppy over the top swing. He was strong, and he could kind of just slice it around. And the, the course up there where I'm from, hopefully you'll get to see it this summer. It, it's a slicer's dream. You can The first hole's a dog leg right. Second hole's a dog leg right. Third hole's a dog like He joined big, the right club. one big circle. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, he sliced around the course, and, and nobody could beat him because he, ne- he, he knew every single time that it was going to cut 20 yards. Yeah. He never really hit it too far offline and he could chip and putt. I mean, the guy was like a plus three up there and he, he really didn't have a great swing, but he could play. So that's how you lower your handicap is by eliminating the big miss. His miss was actually the shot to play. 
No. He didn't. He didn't hook one every five balls. No. Right. And the, it was a, now. Granted, this was a short course. Now, if it was nowadays, and he's playing from seven thousand seventy-two hundred right. yards, he's not. He's that's not going to happen. Right. He'd have to do something to take a little side spin off the ball, cut spin, so he wouldn't spin the drive. Because I remember his driver shots used to back up in every fairway. I mean, the the point there is that. Yeah. What's the point? Good. Good scores, good handicaps don't mean good golf swings. 100%. You see it at the tour level. Yeah. Not every player wins on tour has a great golf swing. Some of them are clankers. Some of them are clankers, and they're exceptionally good golfers, and they can get the ball in the hole, which is the ultimate goal. The swing should help you do that, but one doesn't equal the other. Yeah, they can kind of miss it around in the right places. I mean, we've been around guys that talk to us about it. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I, don't, I didn't even have to hit the ball good to make cuts and score. I mean, we, we, I yeah, think absolutely. Right now absolutely. Unbelievable player, and he just says he outplays – he can outplay everybody even when he's not hitting it perfect. They have they're just very good at playing golf. That doesn't mean they're very good at golf swing. We call that the gift. Yeah. I mean some guys have beautiful golf swings and can't break they can't yeah. score that well. Right. It's um it's, so making the the assumption that one equals the other is not the case. Now and and every pro that I've met is working to improve something in their swing. So it's it's certainly a worthwhile pursuit. Absolutely. Hitting it more solid more often and right. lessening Again, the misses. Again, minimizing the misses. That's right. That's the whole name of the game. Yep. So, you know, when you do get that golf lesson or you go to that golf school and you're coming back home and you're working on it, the one thing that will undermine all of your efforts is hitting a bad shot and then head down, having a head down or getting frustrated like I can't do this or – it's you got. You have to understand that it it's going to be a process for you. You have, in some cases, you know, we're work with guys making the same swing issue for 25, 30 years for as long as they played the game. Let's say they've come over the top, right? That's one everybody can envision. You're not going to get rid of that in a week, two weeks. You might have a million reps of coming over the top. You, it's going to take time. You're going to hit some good shots when you're working on it. You're going to hit some terrible shots when you're working on it because that club's going to be, if you do it correctly, the club's going to be coming into the ball from a completely different location than you're used to. It's like, not easy. Like a better golf swing does not mean an instantly better shot. No. And, and you know, granted, if you're kind of close, I, I've worked on stuff in my swing that when I did it, I can think of one thing that you and I have been working on. I knew as soon as I did that, I was going to start hitting it better. But that's few and far between swing changes. Yeah. It, what you're talking about you is it. more you weren't changing from an over the top to no, the other. No, it was just something subtle in my You know, release. you take something like a, just as subtle as what seemingly is a grip change can feel horrendous when you're making a grip change. Mm-hmm. Right? That one so of the it, worst feeling things is make a grip change. Yeah. So that, that's, that feeling's there before you even swing. So there's, there's certainly things that can – be be adopted quicker than others. Uh, absolutely. Right. A little setup change. Yeah. Some kind Ball of position. Intent. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, it depends on the player too. How good of an athlete is the player? Some players, um, like the, uh, the LPJ lady that we worked with recently, incredible athlete. You asked her to do one thing and she did it on the very next ball. That's very rare. Yeah, she had a, um, High degree of like awareness and yeah. coordination. Those are little. Those are those are the things that nobody talks about when you're making a swing change. Hey, did you even play any sports growing up? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. let's say I'm talking to an amateur golfer who's a 20 handicap, you know, and he's trying to make a swing change. Did you did you play basketball, baseball, soccer, 
Did you play any golf growing up? Did, did you build these kind of baseline coordination, athletic movements, rotational power? I mean, that's a difference. If, if, if Mike comes into a lesson who played sports his whole life and player B comes in who, who played in the marching band, which is fine, no problem. Or, or player B who's a triathlete who's very fit, way fitter than I am, even though I identify as fit. Point. It, a, a fit athlete thinks, okay, I can do this, this out of shape guy has got a better swing than me. I should be able to do this. It's that not, is not the it's same. It's got nothing to do with it. Zero. It's got nothing to do with it. It's more about the skills and the coordination and the athleticism that you either have innately or you built those skills over time because you played sports your whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a, a tennis player in one of the schools. He caught on pretty quick. I mean, that's a, a, a racket hitting style rotational sport. That's a great point. The you know, We capture a lot of 3D. The two best 3D captures I've ever seen, meaning they pretty much fell in every good category, was from a wrestler and a gymnast. Body awareness. Incredible body awareness. Now, they were both high-handicapped golfers. They didn't have the skill of squaring the face and all that. But if you look at all the body parameter movements, they were hyper-aware of where their body was in space. I mean, it's kind of important in both of those sports, I would imagine. Believe it or not, I was not a gymnast. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> I did not do the rings when I was growing up. It's an underrated um, discussion about people yes. trying to get better at golf. So then you have to factor in your athletic history to how quickly you should expect to see a swing change, depending on that swing change. I mean, it, it, I mean, this is a serious thing. I mean, it could be Mike comes in, athlete his whole life, coordinated, makes a swing change in six months. Player B, it, it might take him two years. There's no rhyme or reason. Someone and he could be fitter. He can run three triathletes a year, but he doesn't have any experience swinging a ball squaring or a bat a or squaring a face or anything. Yeah, it's uh, – In the mindset that that person had. Maybe Mike has uh, 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 like a grinders – has some grit to his practice routine where he's not just giving up and hanging his head. And player B is frustrated because he doesn't get it in the first month. He hasn't quite seen any improvement. Right. He bails – well, there's another factor that nobody talks about. Again, speaking on assumptions, I would assume getting through a triathlete takes an incredible amount of just I'm I'm going to do it no matter what. Yeah, it's, right. Uh, that mindset. Oh yeah. Other sports the same, but something where you put your body through that willingly. Takes, yeah, it takes a grueling mindset to get through. That oftentimes doesn't translate into golf. Doesn't. Because that's that's the guy who would, you know, we've, we've seen it all the time. We work with a number of, of really fit triathletes, distance runners, weightlifters. It's it's not a matter of just gritting your teeth and keep trying it harder. They think they can outwork the – Yeah, the golf swing is not really something you can will, Yeah, so yeah, speak. yeah, that's yeah, a great yeah. point. Everything else they've done, you know, I'm going to do a triathlon. I'm just going to train, and it's a linear progression. If right. I run – 30 minutes today, tomorrow I can run 35 minutes or miles. Right, or right, right. It's, if I train, I it's a one-to-one ratio of improvement. On golf, you might be that guy that comes in as a 20 handicap. You might play worse for six months. Who, who knows? It's, it's so different yeah. with everybody. But you, it's, it's not working better immediately. It's working, make the changes, give yourself time to adjust, 
and then gradually you start to see the improvement. But I think that's the biggest deal is it's not always a linear progression of work to, to improvement. And this game is, can be so – it can beat you up. Oh. Right, it can beat you up. And uh, it's almost like, I okay. I quit a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's played golf for a long time. quit a couple times. I remember when I was times. nine years old, I threw my clubs in the woods <laughs> and my dad took them away from me. <laughs> yeah. I quit for one I'd week. I'd love to have video of that. Oh, man, me too. <laughs> but it's almost once you accept that, okay – I'm not going to be on every day. Some days are just going to suck. I'm going to be terrible some days. And you accept that that's going to be part of the progression of getting better. There's up and down. It's not linear, like you said. Then the the progression happens faster. Yeah, your mindset. We better. just get in our own way so much in golf. I mean, it's there's not many sports where you can actually do the movement takes a second to do, and then you may not get to do the movement again for another 10 minutes. I didn't want to talk about how hard golf is right now. <laughs> it makes it too hard. So, and, and then, But then in that 10 minutes, you're thinking about 90 other things that you should have done in that last second, and it just starts to snowball the wrong way. If you can, when you're, when you're working on your game, I think maybe the takeaway from this is make sure you foundation, have a foundation based in realistic expectations. Yeah, get some good information. Don't base it on what your buddy did who was, uh, you know. Club champ. Um, an NBA all-star or a USTA all-star uh, or whatever. Base it on your history, your expectations, where you're starting from, and then create a plan with you and your coach to get to the next stage. Don't don't look, if you're 19 handicapped and want to go to scratch, look, go from 19 to 15. Yeah. Right? Shoot 85 to 80. And, yeah, go ahead. And, you know, just build that progression so you have these small goals to reach rather than hit the next ball, it didn't work, screw this, that guy didn't know what he's talking about, or I hit a great shot, I've got it. <laughs> it's never the case, by the way, because nobody's got it. And, and I will say this, go, go find a, a, a coach or a teacher. I mean, this a lot of you are just trying to do it yourself, which is fine. But at least find a good online program. We have a couple. Uh, or find a coach in person or go to a golf school and get some good information. Get your swing measured. Figure out exactly what you're doing. Because these tips you're getting from your buddy that's at six handicap, that most of the time these people are not golf teachers. They're trying to help, and that's great. But most of the time it just takes you down wrong roads. It's just going to take you longer to dig out of. Go to someone who knows what they're talking about can give you the right information, the right amount of information at the right time and walk you through a plan to get you where you want to go because th that's the key. Find someone that can walk you through it because it's it's very difficult to do it alone, especially when you've got a million YouTube videos that everybody says something different and the magazines all say something different every single month that you, you know, do this from this teacher, do this from this teacher. Conflicting information just makes it hard. Pick a road, pick a teacher, stick to it, and you will get better. Yeah, that's great advice. And just a point before I forget that the conflicting information usually comes from conflicting sources that don't measure. Yeah. It's 2022. I mean, we, we share videos all the time. It's like. Get your swings measured. I can't believe some of the stuff that's getting thrown around on the internet. Yeah, Just get your swing measured. Avoid the opinions as much you can. And, you know, just start from that kind of black and white data-driven baseline. I think you'll progress faster and it'll be, again, anchored in something that's real rather than an ideology of, of this or that. And, um, yeah, set the expectations, get after it, you know, put your head down, go to work and, you know, trying hard. Well, we hear that a lot too. I'm, I'm trying, trying hard, hard to change it. Well, trying hard is kind of just the barrier for entry. What does that even mean? If you go into a lesson that in that 
kind of assumes a certain level of try. Yeah. Right. So trying hard, and it goes back to that that triathlete mentality. And we're not picking on triathletes; it's just something that I've never been able to do. I uh, would want to do. Um, but that mentality of trying harder is rarely, if ever, the reason you're not improving. Now you need to try smarter. Now try that's, smarter. That's a, Work on the right things; you'll improve. Situation Maybe. and. I guess that's the end of this one. Yep. If you guys are enjoying these, please leave us a five-star uh, review and write us a comment in the review on iTunes. That helps us uh, reach more golfers, and we're trying to help as many golfers as we can. <laughs>